Comcast Business gets you fast gig speed internet. And now, ask how to get fast shipping with Amazon Business Prime Essentials. So you'll always be ready to bounce forward. Comcast Business. Offer ends 11-15-20. Restrictions apply. Requires qualifying Comcast Business Service. New Amazon Business Prime Essential members only. So what's the problem in which we watch a movie from our youth and see just how problematic it may be by today's standards? I'm Jimmy. And I'm Jen. Today we're talking about Police Academy, which was released in the US on March 23rd, 1984, and in the UK on the 11th of May. It was written by Neil Israel, Pat Proft, and Hugh Wilson, and was directed by Hugh Wilson. It stars Steve Gutenberg, Kim Cattrall, Bubba Smith, David Graff and George Gaines, and many, many others. Mm-hmm. Um, so, what's going to happen is this: Jen and I have thought of three problems this movie has, three each. They could be major problems, or they could be silly, pointless ones. Um, we'll take it in turns to go through them one at a time, and neither knows what the other one has picked. At the end, we'll both say a positive thing about the movie. Um, so, Jen, you don't really have any history with this movie, do you? <laughs> No, I know that I saw at least part of one of the movies with my cousin when I was young, but I don't remember it. I don't know if I saw the whole thing. So I, as far as I know, this is my first time seeing this movie. Right. Um, so, well, I grew up with these movies. Um, I saw this when I was about nine or ten, maybe. Um, and I waited for the rest to come out in VHS. In fact, I may have watched one and two at the same time, so I might have been a little bit older. Um, for the second one, but the second one was released just like the year after this one. D- they cranked them out quite quickly, the sequels. Mm-hmm. Um, and I even saw the sixth, the sixth movie in the cinema <laughs> um, when I was a kid. Uh, um, I loved the cartoon, and I even bought the comic book that was based on the cartoon. Wow. <laughs> um, yeah, I was a bit obsessed with these movies um, for a, a little short time in my life. Uh, but the third movie is probably my favourite, personally. Um, Right, so... Hey, do you know who else loves these movies? <laughs> Bill Clinton. Does he? Yes, you mentioned it in his speech <laughs> at the 2016 uh, DNC. Okay, that explains a lot, actually. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I would think he would be more of a, like, Porky's guy, but... Because in comparison to some of these other movies around this time, this is classier. Yeah. Uh, can I ask you a question about watching it this time? Yeah. So you've been watching, uh, or you just watched, I don't know if you're done yet, uh, season two of Veronica Mars? Yeah, I'm on season three at the moment, yeah. Okay, so did that did that have any effect on you watching Steve Gutenberg <laughs> in this movie? Um, well, you see, this time round, I actually really can't fucking stand Mahoney. So <laughs> I, think, I think Mahoney's a terrible character. Um <laughs> And I think he's a terrible human being. Yes. And uh, but he's the hero. Um. So, but no, it doesn't really affect. Uh, maybe it would be different if I had watched Veronica Mars more and then watched this for the first time, maybe. Mm-hmm. But as I know Steve Gutenberg from these and from um Cocoon. Um, actually, that's not true. I only really watched Cocoon recently, a f- couple of years ago, for the first time. 
I'm just saying, last time I watched Three Men and a Baby, That's it, I thought yeah. about Veronica Mars a lot. Right. Because I saw Three Men and a Baby in the cinema as well. I also, I should tell you, I read the Gutenberg Bible. Um, I don't remember. Right. I don't remember much about it, but I did read his book. So no, I, I had no problem watching it with that in mind that he was in. Um, not to give any spoilers for Veronica Mars, but his character in that. Um, no. <laughs> uh, not thinking about it now, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but no, Mahoney's a terrible, terrible character. Um, and he's in the first four as well. Uh, he he makes it to four, and then he gives up. Yeah, and I I mean. Steve Gutenberg's a likable guy. I'm sure this was fine at the time. Mm-hmm. But talk about a privileged white boy. Yeah, this is actually my first problem. Okay, good, good. <laughs> Mahoney's not particularly likable. Um, but then again, there's a lot of them that aren't likable. Like, because Tackleberry's a fucking weirdo who kills cats. Jones, the guy who does the, the, the sounds, I used to love him. But now I just find it irritating. Oh, he was one of the ones... I mean, I could see... Like, I found him a little irritating, but he was one of the ones I liked the best. Yeah, no, he's probably one of the best ones because he doesn't have a lot to do. He's not actually really part of the action apart from when he has to pretend he's someone shooting a machine gun. Mm -hmm. He doesn't really do anything. It's all on Mahoney. And when you've got a character like Mahoney who is just trying to get chucked out of the police academy and he's just a total dick throughout then it's very hard to root for him, I feel, this time round anyway. I don't know how you feel watching it for the first time. Um, It's one of those things where, yeah, I thought he was a dick, but, like, I I also see why he's likable at that time. Like, I probably would have loved yeah. him if I watched this in the 80s. No, I did, yeah. I used to love Mahoney. I used to think he was the coolest, you know what I mean? I used to think he was so cool, but... Well, and it, you know, when it starts, he's being yelled at by this guy who's being a real dick, mm. and, uh... You're kind of on Mahoney's side, but then it's also like, you know, he gets in trouble for it and it turns out he's been arrested a bunch, but yeah. like he's being protected because his father was a cop. And I'm like, mm-hmm. this is America. Like this is <laughs> like the white guy keeps getting arrested. He can basically do whatever he wants because his dad was a cop. And, yeah. uh, and like he's, you know, he has to go to police academy, which did you have you read anything about this movie? Did you read like the idea of this, where the idea of this movie came from? Um, I listened to the commentary. Oh, okay. Um, Paul Malasky, Paul. Yeah, I think Maslansky. Um, Maslansky, yeah. Uh, he saw a lot of police people, and then he just sort of thought, well, this is a bit weird because you know they're not all white people. So he came up with an idea. <laughs> well, the thing is, the exact quote I I saw was he said um, they were an unbelievable bunch, including a lady who must have weighed over 200 pounds and a flabby man of well over 50. And I'm like, what a dick. But, like, <laughs> it was because it was explained that the mayor had ordered the department to accept a broad spectrum for the academy. And they said, we have to take them in, and the only thing we can do is wash them out. Yeah. So I thought that was interesting that this was sort of based on a real thing, except these people are trying to stay in. Yeah. Well, some of them are. Yeah, I. But but I. And, and has and to his defense though, it was the early eighties. <laughs> well, here here's the thing though. This is supposed to seem like a ridiculous idea that they would take mm. anyone, regardless of gender, body weight, skin color, or age. But yeah. honestly, maybe they should be doing that. Yeah. 
it's like they need to have more women. They need to have more people of color. Um, the body weight thing gets kind of tricky because I mean, there people who are bigger can be fit. Like, I bet you Lizzo would make a great cop. Have you ever seen her work on stage? No. Like, <laughs> she's someone who, who maybe you know is an exception, but like, I do understand there's a certain amount of fitness, especially if you're in a job where you're chasing people sometimes. Mm-hmm. Well, you know the actor Nick Frost. Yes, of course. Yes. Um, he's uh quite a portly man, mm-hmm. but he's also quite sort of agile. If you've ever seen him, he does quite a lot of like uh, stunts in the movies that he's in. Yes, so I think you replace body weight with just like physical, like what they can, like maybe they have to, you know, be able to run a certain amount or something. Like, yeah, there's other things because body weight doesn't necessarily. I've known some skinny people who could not run for shit. So yeah. That's true. So someone like Nick Frost as well would probably be able to handle. I would. Um, I was yeah. about to say I'd watch him as a cop, but I have. But also in the film, um, The World's End, mm-hmm. he does a lot of fight scenes in that. Yeah. And yeah. he did a lot of it himself, so, yeah. He is a badass. He, ha- he is. He is really, especially in that film, he's a badass. He really is, yeah. Um, right. So do you have a, 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 a first problem then, or was that your first problem? Because I've said mine about Mahoney being unlikable. Um, yeah, I have privileged Mahoney written here, so it really <laughs> is more about I mean, I don't like the character that much although, unfortunately, he does start to win me over later, but um, although I hate I hate that trope of, like, he's fallen in love with, you know, Karen after, like, five minutes. Yeah. She is charming, though, and I'll tell you what, that Kim Cattrall, she's a cutie in this movie. She really is cute, but, um, she doesn't return. She's not in the rest of the movies. Ah, <laughs> Well, uh, since we already talked about Mahoney, I'm going to change one of my problems because I went back and forth. Mm-hmm. And one problem I have, and I have this problem with a lot of movies from, like, there's a period of time in the 70s and 80s. It's hard for me to figure out what's racist and what's homophobic and what's not. <laughs> I feel like, because it's not as obvious, like, you can watch stuff from the 90s or even the early 2000s and be like, wow, that's transphobic, that's homophobic, or whatever. But here it's really hard to tell because I don't feel like they're making they're making fun of gay people. Right. But are they? I don't it's very right. confusing. This is this is yeah, I've wrote this down as well. It's not one of my problems, but I wrote it down that it's actually quite progressive at times. It's a problem for me because I can't figure it out. And I had the same problem and yeah. um, like one time I had a friend over and he's and he's younger than me, um, but he also grew up watching reruns of Three's Company, and he's gay, and we got to talking about it, and we couldn't decide if Three's Company was progressive or offensive, um, because there's a lot going on there. <laughs> and we yeah. we went and sat down and watched the first episode, and we still didn't know, <laughs> because it was like, it seemed kind of offensive, some of the stuff they were doing, where like, John Ritter's con- trying to convince them he's gay, but also everybody seems pretty accepting of the fact that he's gay. Yeah. And it's, I don't know, <laughs> I, I have a problem with this period of time because I feel like it, I don't want to say things aren't gay or, or aren't, aren't gay, aren't uh, homophobic <laughs> or racist because maybe they are, but I can't tell. So I don't want to be okay with them. And I feel like we were in this weird point where I think we were starting to understand things and then like Reagan screwed it up or something. Right. But that's going by this film though is what I would say is that racists in this film are treated with disdain throughout. Yeah. Because Copeland is a fucking idiot and he constantly gets his. Do you know what I mean? His yeah. car gets wrecked. 
um, because he says a racist slur. Um, you know, he's constantly getting in trouble because he's a racist one. And I like that. Yeah. And the two best characters in it, in my mind anyway, are Hightower and Hooks, the two African-American characters. And I think they're the two best characters in it. And then, of course, you've got Jones as well, but I just didn't like him as much this way around. <laughs> I was reading that the guy, that um, Hightower, when they did test screenings, that he tested better than anyone, so they put the actor's name, they billed him second. Yeah, uh, which I thought was Smith interesting. Second, yeah. He's billed um, first in, I think, five and six, because uh, Steve Gutenberg's not in those ones. Yeah. And it's just, I don't know, it's it's just really hard for me to watch this. And, and, and part of it is, I guess, this is, maybe it's things like this that caused um, people around our age to grow up thinking that everyone understood being racist was bad. Mm-hmm. Um, because there was so much of this in movies where, like, people would be racist, but then it's like, it's clear that they are a bad guy. Right. And now that's not necessarily the case. Like, people don't <laughs> seem to understand that being racist is bad. Um, or what they're saying even is racist. So I don't know. The, and I do, th- I did really, really like, um, Hooks. Mm-hmm. I wish there was more of her. Yeah. No, Hooks is great. Um, and again, there's also like sexism is like, is it sexist? I don't, I don't think it is because one of the strongest characters in it is Callahan. Mm-hmm. And she's a woman who, like, uh, uh, well, she's like screwing a cadet, but uh-huh. she's, you know, she's she's taking control, she's getting it, you know what I mean? It's like. <laughs> but her, um, when she's in a scene where she's like in a t-shirt or something, her 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 breasts are very are their own character in the movie. Like, I'm just distracted yes. by. <laughs> yes. By that. Um. But yeah, and okay, I guess I didn't know when to get into this, but you know, I was afterwards I was reading a bunch of trivia and stuff, which I normally like if I were just watching this just to watch it, I wouldn't mm. get into it because I'd be like, that wasn't for me, and then I'd walk away. But mm. I, I read about it today, and um, it's very interesting because I thought it was going to be raunchier, mm-hmm. and when I was reading about it, apparently the director Hugh Wilson. Like, it was raunchier, and he didn't like that kind of lowbrow humor. He didn't think there needed to be, like, tits and ass everywhere mm-hmm. and, like, you know, bathroom humor and stuff like that. So he got rid of most of it. The studio made him put some stuff back in. Um, like, he wasn't necessarily a fan of the blowjob scene. Mm-hmm. Um, he didn't – I mean, there there are breasts in this movie, but not nearly as much, I guess, as there were before. Um, mm-hmm. He wasn't into the misogyny. Like – that's really interesting to me because you can tell yeah. that this is a little different mm-hmm. in comparison to st- stuff in this kind of genre around that time. And it's because the director was trying to do something different, but and something a little classier. But then when you look at the reviews at the time, like if you look lo- at a lot of the quotes about it, it seems like they should have gone one way or another. Yeah. Like they either should have been more serious and straightforward or they should have gone full raunchy because that's what people expected. Mm-hmm. It's just really interesting to me. No, it is. It is. Like, I, I mean, you don't know which way you're supposed to think. Like, that could be racist, that could be sexist, but I don't think it is because, mm-hmm. like I said earlier, I think it's kind of more progressive in those other movies. Um, you've got strong female characters. They're not just there just to, you know, be the butt of the joke or to be the sex symbol or whatever. 
Um, I do wish they gave them a little bit more to do in the finale. But then again, all it was really was Mahoney in the finale. To go with that, I will say that the problem with that is it is kind of a little bit um, homophobic. Mm-hmm. Slightly homophobic. Um, not just because of the way that all the people are dressed in the Blue Oyster Bar. And that is a running gag, by the way. The Blue Oyster Bar. Oh, really? That comes up in all the films, yeah, apart from um, the one where they go to Moscow, because they're in Moscow. Um, but that's like a running gag. Also, some of the language, like Mahoney's woken up and he says sleeping is for, and then he says the F word, you know, the the, the slur. Uh-huh. And I just thought, I didn't really understand that at the time. Because mm-hmm. I just thought, uh, sleeping is, sleeping's for fags? Why is sleeping for cigarettes? <laughs> What's that all about? Because obviously in the UK, yes, I should in the UK, that. that that word means cigarettes. <laughs> so when I was a kid, I didn't understand that. But now, hearing it now in 2020, it's like, oh, you really should have said that. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Um, yeah, it's. But even, like, so one of my other problems is the blowjob thing. And once again, like, mm-hmm. I'm not entirely, I I don't know what level of homophobic it is, but my biggest problem with it is, okay, that's the kind of humor I don't enjoy because mm-hmm. it's like he's standing there and someone unzips his pants and he continues to stand there. Yeah. And just let it happen. And, yeah, and, and then they're annoyed when they see that it, like, he he's, like, disturbed when he sees that it's a man, or he thought it was mm. a man. And I'm like, why wouldn't you look the second someone unzips your yes. pants? Like, why why wouldn't that be a thing? And then... Just look down, and you can see who's doing it. Yeah, yeah. like, I don't like that kind of joke, because it's like, in real life, I don't think someone would just stand there. No. Um is very strange and that's and that's one of the reasons why this kind of movie isn't my humor because Mm. i'm i just i can't deal with how illogical (laughs) some of the broader jokes tend to be yeah and he chastises um mahoney later for kissing someone who he he thinks is a man but it's actually kim cattrall so he tell he says you two men stop it and then when he sees that it's a woman he's like oh that's okay fine fair enough so yeah, there's slight homophobia in there. There is, but then, but then it's one of those things where, like, you know, the way people are dressed in the bar, mm-hmm. like, I'm like, well, that feels wrong. But then the fact that they're just like dancing, I'm like, is this? I don't know if this is homophobic. Like, is it safe? Yeah. Like, this is how gay men dance, or is it just like these men were afraid to be around these gay men, and like it was nothing. Right. Like, exactly. I, Nothing happened. They just danced. Yeah. I don't like not knowing where I stand on these <laughs> things. I'm glad. I'm glad I picked this one to talk about because it's it's um it's a strange one to to get your head around because going by like today's standards, mm-hmm. it's I mean it's quite tame. Well, and it's one of those things where I not only don't know how to feel about it by today's standards, but I don't know how it plays when it comes out, right? Like, I don't know mm-hmm. how, how what this stuff means. Because, you know, sometimes you'll watch an older film and there'll be, you know, maybe some, like, racism or homophobia, but then there'll be other things where you're like, oh, you were actually progressive for that time. Mm-hmm. But I don't know what the... I was two in 84. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Um, I just don't know. And it 
it's <laughs> I like to get angry at these things, and I don't know if I'm supposed <laughs> to be angry or not. <laughs> well, that's good. It makes for a, a conversation, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, but I'm st- I still don't know what to say. <laughs> <laughs> well, right. I'll I'll say my second problem here and see if it helps you out any, okay. right? Right. The second problem is the R rating, because this is rated R, and there isn't really much in it that actually warrants that rating. There's a there's like brief female nudity and then there's mm. one f bomb, but that's in Police Academy two as well. There's also brief nudity and one f bomb in that film, and that's a PG thirteen. Yeah, I don't understand that. Like, um, Sixteen Candles came out in like eighty five or eighty six, mm-hmm. and they show breasts in that, and it is PG. Well, mm-hmm. I think maybe did they have PG thirteen in eighty four? This actually just missed the PG thirteen being introduced okay. by about three months and one week. <laughs> wow! Because the first one was Red Dawn in August. When they didn't have a PG-13, it's like, you look at movies like this and it's like, well, do you make it PG or R? Because it's it feels really extreme to be either one. I think that the blowjob scene does sort of push it over into R. Yeah, I guess. I just, I don't know. I guess I feel like that kind of humor. I don't know. No, I know. I understand that. But like, if you're going to go for a PG yeah. or R and back then when you didn't have the PG-13, I think it's an R because of that particular scene. Because there isn't much else in it. Yeah. And I remember, like, when I was a kid, I used to think it was... I used to think this film was really hilarious. Mm -hmm. Because I was an idiot child. (laughs) But, like, scenes like when... um, When uh, Harris is on the bike. Mm -hmm. For no reason he's on a bike. Um, (laughs) Just to make... Just for the joke, he goes on a motorbike. Um, And then he ends up getting his head stuck in a horse's backside. Mm Mm-hmm. I used to think that was hilarious back then. <laughs> but now, watching it, it's like, this is the most pointless scene in the history of movies. Yeah, um, when we were complaining about Mahoney, I also forgot to complain about the shower scene, the scene where he's watching the women in the shower. Yeah. And that's me having a problem with the 80s. Mm-hmm. Or even the 70s. Or really any time before <laughs> this century. That, like... That's just like a funny little quirk of our main character that he's standing outside drinking and watching the naked women. Yeah. Like, that's charming. I know. I hate it. But then when Harris accidentally does it, um, all the women scream and run away. Would would they have screamed and ran away if it was Mahoney? Um. Like a younger... Is it, I mean, in, in this world of the movie, would they do that, do you think? I think they wouldn't scream as loud. <laughs> Yeah, they might not be as upset because you know he's an attractive younger guy, and women are fine with that. Yeah, exactly. I will say this though: there's a scene where Steve Gutenberg's got his top off, and Steve Gutenberg was a fit man back then. <laughs> that that was you know that's yeah. Yeah. He he was a fit man. I was like. Holy shit, that's like 80s, like, comedy guys. You wouldn't expect an 80s comedy guy to, you know, be that fit. But, yeah. there you go. Uh, so my third problem is, too many jokes are reused. And it's not just to do with this film, but, like, I know you haven't seen them all, but the entire series is basically the same jokes all over again. But in this film especially, it's like, everybody seems to repeat insults back. Mm-hmm. 
someone insults them and then they say it back to them. And that happens like everyone does that all the way through and it's like, what, what are you doing? Shut up. You don't need to say, like, uh, dickhead, dickhead. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, he said dickhead. Then everyone does it. A Hightower does it when they say wimps and he goes, wimps. And it's like, what? Is there an echo in here? Am I, is my hearing going wonky or something? Humor was uh, very different back in the day. <laughs> it's I don't not that it's the same thing, but yesterday I was <laughs> randomly watching some episodes of the first season of Full House. Right. That was a hit show, and it was a show that I found funny when I was a kid, and that like even as I became like a teenager or whatever, you know, I might watch reruns and find it funny. And I'm watching it now, I'm like, this is shit. And <laughs> I'm think, and I had to really like think about a lot of the jokes, and I was like, well, like like joey he is someone who he's ridiculous he's always doing the voices and like just stupid jokes but like at the time that was that was something people found funny Mm -hmm. and it's it's just so weird like what were people doing in the i mean i guess they were doing coke in the 80s i don't know like (laughs) humor is just so much better now i think yeah um there's other returning jokes that happen all the way through it as well like hightower is a giant that's in it all the way through. Mm-hmm. There's always a high towers big joke. That's always there for just for like someone to look up at him and then run away or something like it's hilarious. And then um, Hooks has a very low voice mm-hmm. all the way through. And the the thing about Hooks is she's great and everything, but they do that gag with her in every single one of the movies that she's in. I think she's in the first six. And they do that gag where she's talking low throughout the entire film, and then at the end, she'll shout at a bad guy real loud. But even when she gets louder in this movie, I I feel like it need, it should have been much louder. Like I wanted it to be like loud and tough and commanding. Yeah. And it wasn't. It it still even though it was loud, it still felt meek. I think it was supposed to be though, because it's treated as, as it is, because the music swells up like it's a big deal that she's actually shouting. Well, I found it disappointing. Like, <laughs> like don't move, dirtbag. She does that. And and there's another thing. Well, going back to what we were saying earlier is it is really quite tame because there's only one F-bomb in it. Mm-hmm. And I'm really surprised by that. And the one F-bomb that's in this film, when um, uh, George Martin, who's not in any of the films, by the way, George Mateen, mm-hmm. um, he, is, uh, he says fucking A. And that's an ADR line. Huh. It's dubbed over later, and that's the only F word that's in the entire film, and that is really strange. It's certainly, it's on this weird sort of borderline PG R rating, and if only it was released like a few months later, it probably would have been a PG 13. Maybe? I would think so. Yeah. Yeah, right. So, what's your third problem? Um, uh,. <laughs> It's the fact that this movie doesn't play as well anymore because of police in general. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's. I was reading something earlier. I, it was like um, it was talking about some interview TMZ did with Bobcat Goldthwait, like asking him if they should remake uh, the Police Academy movies. Which was he in one of them or something? He was in two, three, and four. Okay, and they asked him about it, and he was like, uh, "I don't think now's the time you want to do that." <laughs> and it's true. Like, I, this is from a time when we were all still, you know, like white people were still unaware of a lot of the problems with the police. 
Like, mm-hmm. and so, and it was funny for them to be, you know, inept in a movie. And I don't know, like, it's just now, especially watching it after this has been, um, like a couple of more high profile shootings recently. Mm-hmm. That's not, it's not funny to me. No. And to think about the kind of people that probably want to be cops that can't these days, like as much as I would, I want them to open it up to people who aren't just, you know, white men, somebody like Tackleberry, like that's supposed to be funny that he's a gun obsessed security guard. But now that's not funny. No, but I bet you that Tackleberry, even then, maybe even now, has actually got a huge fan base. Mm hmm. People who think that Tackleberry's great, yeah. um, but he just doesn't sit right with me at all. Not see, I don't, I, I don't think I ever like Tackleberry. I don't like that joke because it's just like there's no way he would have graduated. There is absolutely zero way. He takes his own gun in and everything. There's, he's no way he would graduate, and he shoots a fucking cat. He's he's the Dwight Schrute of this movie. Like yeah. on the office, Dwight Schrute, like he's someone who like like he hides weapons all over the office. He likes to think he's he's a policeman. Like it's it's that kind of person that like thinks they're a cop but they're not a cop, like but they want it so bad. And unfortunately, like we have those people in real life and they are terrifying. And mm. that's not funny. No. It's just not. Okay, so now it's time for my one positive of this. The score. Oh, yeah. I love the score of this movie. And I love the theme tune. Yeah, it is one of the best from the 80s. It is so underrated as well, but it's so good. And I used to actually have the theme tune as my ringtone, my (laughs) old phone. But but now I've got a phone where I can have all different ringtones for different people. So, yeah, I don't really... I don't have anyone who works in the place to have that as their <laughs> ringtone. So, uh, but yeah, I really love that music so much. Um, I actually listen to the score sometimes, but it does. If you watch all of the films, it is basically exactly the same score in all of the films, and it does get a bit tiresome. But if you just watch this one, mm-hmm. then or just listen to the soundtrack to this one, then it's really good music. It is a really good soundtrack. I lo- I love an eighty soundtrack. Like, I love the yeah. scores in the 80s. If there's a saxophone somewhere, I'm very happy. Mm. Like, that's... I, I lo- And there is. <laughs> I, I love a good 80s score. Because uh, Tackleberry plays one in the beach scene. Yeah. My good thing about this is that I actually think the premise is, is good. Yeah. I think there's a world in which somebody could make this movie in a way I like. <laughs> I'm just... <laughs> I'm not... You know, it's one of those things, like, I'll watch something like Airplane. And there are certain jokes that, like, obviously are funny, but as a mm-hmm. whole, I don't enjoy it. You know, like, it's, and it's not that I don't like it, it's just that I kind of sit there and I'm like, I could be doing something else right now. Right. I love Airplane. Yeah, I, and I want, I want to like those, like, it, I feel like if I liked those kind of movies, I would be a more lighthearted person, which I would love. <laughs> It's just not your humour, though. I mean, if it's not your kind of humour, then it's not. You know what I mean? It's just... Yeah. I like, well, it's... You, other things make you laugh, so... Did you ever see the show Angie Tribeca? No. With Rashida Jones? It was, you know, it was kind of along the same lines. Like, it was this absurd show, and every once in a while, there'd be something where I'm like, that's funny. But, like, as I just... I can't... I, I don't know. I guess I need my movies to be just slightly more grounded in reality. <laughs> like, yeah. I can't deal with the silly... Um. 
And it's like, even, even one of the movies that has like weird gags and stuff in it like that, that I like is, um, not another teen movie, mm. but even that has two spots in the movie, like two scenes that I will completely skip when I watch it. And I don't skip parts of movies. Like, I, I'm right. a purist. I don't want to do that. But with that one, I just don't watch two of the scenes because I'm like, this is not funny. <laughs> I haven't seen that film in a while, actually. I haven't either. I'd be interested to see it now uh, since because I haven't seen it since before Captain America existed in my life. Yeah. Yeah, Chris Evans. Um, so, yeah, because I like that kind of... I like um, Airplane and I like um, Top Secret and um, Police Squad and Naked Gun. I like those kind of movies. Um. But I totally understand where it's not that, where it's not someone's kind of humour. Because if you are into more sort of grounded humour, then yeah, those kind of things are, yeah, quite silly. But I like them. Yeah, I, I can't, you know, when I was in college, um, they had this concert every year where, and they'd have some comedians there. And one year Damon Wayans was there. And he told a gay joke that I got super offended by. He was talking about like how horrified he'll be the day that they make Viagra for men. Um, and he was making jokes about gay men walking around with boners and shit. And like, it was offensive because it was like a homophobic joke, but it also pissed me off. Cause I'm like, gay men can use Viagra. There's no difference. Yeah. <laughs> like I was, I want to say I was more offended by the homophobia, but I was probably more offended by the fact that the joke didn't make any fucking sense. Like I just can't, and some people can deal with with nonsense like that, but I just can't do it. Yeah, if the joke is nonsensical, then it doesn't make you laugh. It's got to be sort of grounded in reality for it to actually be funny for you. Yeah. Yeah, I understand. That's all we have time for. Um, this podcast and my other podcast, Drop the Pilot, are now on uh, my website, shiftybench.co.uk. Just go to that shiftybench.co.uk and if you want to send us an email for Drop the Pilot or for So What's the Problem um, for any suggestions or any complaints fuck it, I know, I don't care just <laughs> send us anything you want um, contact at shiftybench.co.uk that's contact at shiftybench.co.uk you'll find me online at Drop the Pilot Pod where will they find you, Jen? Uh, pi- at Pilot Inspectors on Twitter I'd like to thank you all for listening and we'll speak to you all next time. Goodbye. Bye.